0: Hi, this is David. I bet you've heard the saying that food is medicine. But the thing is, we also want our food to be quick and tasty. Factor has the solution. Their delicious, ready to eat meals make eating better every day easy. They deliver prepared, chef crafted, and dietitian approved meals right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including Kato, Calorie Smart, Vegan and Veggie, and more. Plus, there's extra things to enjoy. They have over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, like snacks and smoothies, that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. You'll be glad to hear that Factor is affordable. I've done the math, and Factor meals are less expensive than takeout. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash living50. And use code Living 50 to get 50% off. That's Co Living 50 at FactorMeals.com/Living 50 to get 50% off. Thank you. Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. Today's reading was edited and adapted from Right Living by Susan H. Wixon, published in 1894. It is observed in life that successful people are the resolute and self-reliant. What is self-reliance? It is to be in harmony with all laws of nature and the highest morality, the qualities that stand out by themselves alone, but are as firm as granite. March of life is onward, it does not stand still. We are on its ocean. We mark our course, for we drift hither and yonder, at mercy of wave and wind. The person who relies on their own exertion, grows, enlarges, expands. Nations are great in proportion to the number of vigorous, moral, self-reliant people they hold. Governments are strong as long as they are composed of moral, self-reliant people. Schools and all institutions of learning are experiences of living. They are simply a means to start on the road to self-action. No school in itself can give someone an education. The student must take the initiative. Energy, action, moral training, observance of ethical rules, make nations and individuals happy and secure. Liberty is an effect of true moral growth. The prominent trait in those who have become great in the world's estimation is, in all cases, energy, force, and application. In a word, self-reliance. The character of a nation is but a reflex of the character of its people. As they are strong, brave, energetic, liberty-loving, so will be the government and the nation. Never halt or waver when you know you are right. Never think you cannot succeed, but try, make an effort. You cannot know the elements that are in you to command success until you look within and bring out the hidden qualities latent there. I recall the story of a young man who stood listlessly watching some anglers on a bridge. He was poor and dejected. At last, approaching a basket filled with fish, he sighed, If I had but those, I would be happy. I could sell them at a fair price and buy myself food and lodgings. I will give you just as many and just as good fish, said the fisherman, who had chance to overhear his words, if you will do me a little favor. "'And what is that?' asked the young man. "'I'd like you to tend this line till I come back. "'I wish to go on a short errand.' The fisherman's proposal was gladly accepted. After he left, the hungry fish snapped greedily at the baited hook. The young man grew excited as he pulled them in. When the owner of the line returned, he had caught a large number of fish. Counting out from them as many as were in the basket when he had left, the fisherman presented them to the young man and said, I fulfill my promise from the fish you have caught, to teach you whenever you see others earning what you need, to waste no time in fruitless wishing, but cast a line for yourself. Remember that every man and woman is their own star, and the soul that can render an honest and self-reliant person commands all light, all influence, all faith. The self-poised, self-controlled person is the wise one. Self-respect and self-control are two advantages that possessing one need not fear failure in life. To what end is knowledge education, wisdom, the exercise of moral faculties, but the development of manhood and womanhood, to make good citizens, upright and worthy members of society, who are entitled to esteem and respect. One of the finest qualities of such a person is self-control, to be able, under the most trying circumstances, To command oneself, to be always able to say to the rising passions of anger, jealousy, fear or any emotion, peace be still, is a great power. We are in the world to make the most of ourselves and our opportunities and in order to do this, we should acquire as early as possible control over ourselves. Some people are easily annoyed, quickly provoked, and find it exceedingly hard to control that very unruly little member, the tongue. If you find yourself this kind of person, make a beginning immediately. Try to repress the impatient word, the angry retort, and then note afterward how much better you feel by doing so. There are those who have an irrepressible desire to talk much and long. This tendency seems hard to control, but a good listener makes more profit than a good talker. It is better to hear of exploits than to relate your own. We should strive to obtain such mastery over ourselves that we can listen easily while saying little. When among new acquaintances, learn of their ways, habits, business, but be cautious of sharing your own. Learn to bridle your tongue. Much trouble would be avoided, many a murder would not have been committed had people been taught self-control. Thus can it easily be seen that self-control is good for society, good for the individual. It is protection. In panics, fires, or in any sudden alarm, the self-controlled individual arises and holds the rushing, maddened crowd in check, wards off evil and disaster, and brings order from confusion. In the words of Daniel Webster, Let each one of us stand firm for this is the first principle of self-government. So it is. Let us always remember it. Be firm. Be self-governed. Be monarch of yourself. In addition, cultivate self-respect. Those who respect themselves will be honorable, but the one who thinks lightly of themselves will be held cheap by the world. To win the respect of others, you must first respect yourself. The foundation of good morals is built by self-respect. The self-respecting woman and man are able to face the world with a calm eye and a clear conscience. They have the ability to stand fearless before any tribunal. Respect for oneself lifts you at once into an atmosphere of sweetness, purity, and real beauty. It makes you strong and brave. It makes you a good, noble, and trusted member of the community. It confers upon you a high title, that of true character. How careful, then, we should be to win and wear the white ribbon of self-respect. Have you beautiful clothes, quite new and costly? Would you drag them in the mud and filth of the street? Would you spit upon them, or put them in a stable, to be trampled upon by animals? No. Well, is not the human body of far finer fabric, is not the mind of more beautiful texture than any garment ever woven? Of course they are. Why then would anyone do anything which dishonors and disgraces them? Why would anyone lower the natural dignity and grace of mind in the abyss of pessimism, hate, backbiting, or violence? Why would anyone enter that cesspool of low, groveling thought in which self-respect is lost or stained in dishonor? Ruskin says that thought continually chisels upon the human countenance, and that a keen observer can easily detect a person's tenor of mind, whether it be good or bad. To lose self-respect is one of the greatest and most damaging of losses. One may be poor in this world's goods, may lack many of the good things of life, may suffer loss of money, loss of friendship, but if we maintain our self-respect, we are a worthy citizen, a noble individual, that no power can corrupt. There is a story told of Colonel Samuel Colt, who in his lifetime was inclined to be rather pompous. He was building dwelling houses for the workmen employed in his great pistol factory. He one day encountered a boy picking up chips on his grounds. What are you doing there? he asked gruffly. Picking up chips, sir, replied the youngster, quite unawed by the famous man's presence. Perhaps, said the great colonel, drawing himself up with dignity, you don't know who I am. I'm Colonel Samuel Colt, and live in that big house yonder. The boy straightened up, swelled up, and answered, Perhaps you don't know who I am. I'm Patrick Murphy, and live in that little shanty down yonder. Sonny, said the colonel, smiling. Go and pick up all the chips you want. When you run out, come for more. That boy had self-respect and consequently felt himself in that quality quite the equal of the great millionaire. It is thus plainly seen that self-respect is a bright jewel that should be guarded with great care. It should be cherished as we cherish life. Why? Because it is a promoter of happiness. It makes others happy and wins their respect. It is an armor that protects from all powers that aim at destruction. It is the defender of the virtues, the promoter of morals. And while we respect ourselves, we will be sure to respect others. High or low, rich or poor, those who behave themselves rightly are entitled to respect and attention. Respect yourself. Act so that you will never think meanly of yourself. To walk uprightly, to win your own approval, is a high aim, a great blessing. Respect yourself so much that it will be impossible for you to be a coward, to tell a falsehood, or to do a harmful thing in any circumstance. Self-respect is better than fame, better than gold.